and welcome to the Nursing Standard podcast. I'm Flavia Munn, editor of Nursing Standard and your host today. And I'm here as usual with Richard Hatchett, senior nurse editor. Well, actually, Richard, I'm not really here with you, am I? <laughs> no, you're not. I haven't seen you all year, Flavia. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. We're actually in our separate homes. But, you know, it feels like like we're here together. So, you know, that that's nice in a sense. <laughs> it is. Yeah, so of course, this particular episode of the podcast was recorded prior to the emergence of coronavirus and the UK going into lockdown. And this episode is about intentional rounding. So Richard, I'm hoping as ever that you can tell us um, a bit more about what that is. It'd be good to start with the definition and also where it comes from. Yeah, so intentional rounding has been around for a little while now, and it's a method of delivering nursing care, one of a number of methods, but it's a method of delivering nursing care. And it involves nurses carrying out regular checks on individual patients to ensure that fundamental care needs are met. So these are recorded and carried out at set timed intervals. So some colleagues may relate this to what we used to know as the background, B-A-C-K, and there are similarities, but it is a little bit different. And it came into particular vogue in the UK because of the Francis report, which was the report that looked at the uh, care crisis or the care scandal at the Mid-Staffordshire NHS Foundation Trust. And in that report, it suggested using uh, intentional rounding. So what's important about this research that we're going to hear about today is instead of it just being implemented and we just go along with it, Professor Ruth Harris at King's and her team have been looking at the impact of intentional rounding. So it's, a, it's going to be a nice example of how research can inform practice, I think. Thank you. Well, let's take a listen. Intentional rounding involves nurses carrying out regular checks on patients to ensure fundamental care needs are met. These checks are usually at one or two hourly intervals depending on need and the patient's clinical condition. But a recent report from researchers at King's College London has suggested that intentional rounding may not be the best way for nurses to deliver patient care. The research was commissioned and funded by the National Institute for Health Research and was led by Professor Ruth Harris in the Florence Nightingale Faculty of Nursing, Midwifery and Palliative Care. And Ruth joins me today. And I have to say, Ruth, we are at King's, so if the people hear the ambulance go by or the door, <laughs> you know, we, um, we're, we're really here. So, in the um, centre of London. <laughs> in the centre of London. And we're both nurses as well, so Absolutely. we can be, we can be, be honest. The, um, uh, I wanted to touch on something that was, that was quite interesting. When we ran the story at RCNI, we had some uh, nursing comments uh, with people saying, oh, we were doing this in the 70s and the 80s, we knew it was task-orientated then, we moved on to this, this and this. Are they muddling this up with what we knew as the background? I think there are similarities between intentional rounding and what we would have done in the background, which I sort of remember a little bit when I was training. Um, I think the intentional rounding, um, the purpose of intentional rounding is to be is more systematic. So the idea of intentional rounding is that every patient is seen every one or two hours um, with a standardised protocol of activities for nurses to do, um, often called the four Ps, although I think some people have implemented the five Ps and the, the three Ps. Um, but the idea of personal needs, whether somebody's in pain, whether they need the toilet, um, whether they can reach their call bell and other items that they need, um, and with a safety check. And, and the idea is that the, the patients are told um, when the nurse will be back, 
um, and asked if there's anything else um, that they need the nurse to do for them. Um, and my memory of the background is that it tended to focus on specific patients, not everybody. Trolleys being loaded up with sheets and, and toiletry items and, 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 and going to, to particular people who needed um, often usually to be turned um, those sorts of activities, whereas this um, is intentional rounding is is actually for all patients, not specific patients. Now that might be my misunderstanding of the background. Um, I didn't my my understanding of that it wasn't so systematic as intentional rounding um, should be. What was the impetus behind uh, because because you were saying off off um, recording. Um, in the UK, the Francis report was a trigger for this. Um, can you just go through how it's where it, where it's come from in more recent years? Its origins of the um, intentional rounding protocol or intervention, as we called it, um, are thought to come from America, mm. from the Studer Group, which is um, a company in America that. Um, is involved in improving care, but it's a it's a commercial company um, who do a range of um, development activities for healthcare organisations, um, and they have an intentional rounding as one of the activities that they they market. But I think it has its origins, of course, from things mm, like the mm, background. I think mm. this idea of this regular um, checking patients are okay is something that's sort of ingrained in us, really. It seemed, it seemed quite familiar to uh, when you, the, you know, when we did that news item on your your team's research. Um, it, it resonated with people. There was a, there was a yeah. familiarity to this. Um, it, uh, should I say task allocation, task, you know, yeah. Maybe. Well, I think this idea of monitoring is really important yeah, in nursing. Yeah. When you have people that are unwell, you need to check yeah. that they're okay. So we, yeah. I think in nursing, it's, it's it's part of our the way we work is that we regularly check that the patients we're looking after are okay. Um, but going back to this, to, to how the origins of intentional rounding in the UK, so it, I think although... The France's inquiry report and the recommendations made um, in that report were a big uh, was a big driver for widespread implementation of intentional rounding in in the UK. There were some trusts that had implemented it before the France's inquiry report. Whether that was sort of anticipating what the recommendations might be, but I think there had been a number of of um, nurses in some trusts who had done. Um, Sort of international visits and had gone and seen intentional rounding working in, in 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 U.S. hospitals and had come back and had had implemented it in their own in their own trust. So there were some trusts that were were or had already implemented intentional rounding, but it wasn't implemented in the as widely as 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 um, after the Francis Inquiry report. And of course, David Cameron did a did a press release. Uh, or, a, or, a, or a sort of speech at a, at a trust, uh, whereby the, he announced a number of um, a number of initiatives that were going to be developed. The intentional rounding, this this idea of, of nurses seeing patients every hour was one of the things that he announced. Was also the nursing and care quality forum that was announced at the same time, um, and that was to uh, preempt the, the Francis Inquiry report hadn't been released yet, but I think obviously there was some knowledge of what it would contain. So I noticed, Ruth, you've got quite a number of bits of paper in front of you, and I just wondered whether this was one piece of research that you're um, getting a number of publications out of. But you know what I mean, I wonder what the journey of this research was. Um, I think, the, as you say, the, the, the study was funded by the uh, National Institute for Health Research, and 
Um, the Health Service and Delivery Programme had commissioned a number of studies um, to address the recommendations after Francis to look at how do you support the delivery of compassionate care for patients um, in England and the UK. So this was one of the number of projects that was funded. Um, and we had we designed a study. We understood that um, this was a, what we... This was a complex intervention, like a lot of interventions in healthcare. It's going to work, um, whether it works or not, depends on a number of factors. Um, it's delivered in different ways by different people in different contexts, in different hospitals, in different ward layouts, in different cultures within within hospitals. So we understood that this it wasn't a sort of it, this was the intervention; it would work in the same way everywhere. So our our approach was to look at it as a complex intervention, and we we selected an approach of doing a realist evaluation, um, which is a is a research. Um, approach which specifically looks at trying to make explicit why we think interventions work and then design studies to um, to evaluate whether or not it works in the way that people think it works. So um, we started off doing an, an evidence review. Um, so there were a number of papers that have been published about intentional rounding um, in the international literature. So um, so we did a, a realist review. So again, we, we looked, we wanted to make explicit why people thought um, intentional rounding would work. What, what, what do we think it does? What, how does it affect patient care? What are the factors that influence the way in which it's delivered? So we did this this realist review, um, and we identified a number of what are called mechanisms or, compo- or reasons why we think assumptions people make about why they think intentional rounding will work. Um, and then we 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 looked at the evidence in the literature to to see what evidence are there for each of these mechanisms. Um, and we actually found, and so we're sort of making explicit why do we think intentional rounding works and what is the um, the sort of theoretical underpinning of this intervention. And we found that the evidence um, was quite poor, actually. Um, we would see in studies people talked about outcomes, but they never dis- they, there was never any discussion or... or um, research done on what led to that outcome, what, what is it about intention rounding that would stop it or, or reduce falls or reduce call bell use, what was it actually that led to that outcome um, and so we, we, we concluded that the, there was a lot of ambiguity in the way that it was of intentional rounding was seen and delivered um, and the evidence was, was poor, which of course then um, made, our, made the rest of our research important to do. So we did a national survey and we did a survey of all, we sent surveys to all directors of nursing of all NHS trusts in England. Um, and we followed that survey with... Um, detailed case studies on selected sites, selected wards in selected hospital trusts, selected on, on, on the basis of what's purposefully. So we, we knew there were certain things which um, from the literature that we thought would influence different contexts that we thought would influence um, intentional rounding and how it was implemented and delivered. So things like the size of the trust was, was thought to be important. Um, the um, environment within the trust, whether or not... Um, um, the trust had a lot of um, wards which had single rooms only or uh, wards where there were nightingale wards. That's an important context. Mm. Um, so so we, we purposely selected our sites and did a lot of... So we were on, on wards for up to three weeks at a time. 
um, to interview staff, interview patients, interview um, senior nursing staff, so directors of nursing and members of their teams, um, and also patients and their family carers as well, and other other members of the healthcare team, so um, allied health professionals and medical staff, um, because obviously they uh, part of the whole care delivery context, so their understanding and, 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 and their thoughts and perspectives of intention around it were important as well, so we interviewed those. Um, and then we, again, we were, were having developed this theoretical framework from the literature around the mechanisms of why we think intentionality works. We then tested each of those in the survey and the case study data that we had to see. Um, did we see them? Did they work? What, what context affected each of those mechanisms working or not? So some of the mechanisms, I probably ought to give you a few examples of yes, those to make yes. it a little bit more. Um, so one of the, um, so one of them would be that it's um, that intentional rounding increases nurses' visibility. So something about going to a patient to every hour means that the nurses are more visible to patients. It helps them anticipate. Um, so it helps nurses anticipate patients' needs because they build up that picture of the patient and, and, and get to know them a bit better. Um, patients anticipate the, the nurse coming back every hour or know what time they're coming back every hour so they can then think, well, um, the nurse will be back in 10 minutes. I won't press a call, but I'll, I'll ask her for this when, I, when, when they come back. So, um, um, so that's one of the mechanisms. Another mechanism would be... Um, with, with the idea of accountability. So ask because part of the intention arounding um, intervention is, is to document it on a, on a usually a form, there, there, each of the trusts that we went, that we saw, and certainly there's, you can see there's, some of these forms are on the internet as well, um, that a lot of the trusts design their own forms, so that a lot of them are very different, sort of variation in those forms. Um, so, but actually the, the, the whole thing of having to sign to say that you have... Um, You've been, you've seen the patient. You've asked them if they were in pain, whether they need the toilet, whether they have any personal needs, any other aspects on those forms. Um, the, 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 the need to sign it makes nurses feel more accountable for the care that they deliver, um, and therefore that will then improve the quality of care. That's one of the assumptions why people think that it works. Um, so, um, other ones is that it increases. Um, the intentional rounding gives nurses allocated time to care, so the, the fact that they are they are needed, they're required to go around every hour, um, it gives them resources to, to to make that a priority, that aspect of care a priority, so that they can, you know, maybe not um, do another activity. So if somebody is, say, interrupting them, asking them for information, they can potentially say, oh, no, no, I need to go and do my intentional rounding, I need to go and see patients, so um, I, can I come back to you later? So it's the idea of prioritising this aspect of care. Another one is that intentional rounding and having this performer of activities ensures that care is consistent and, and comprehensive, so that we are delivering the same care to, 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 to all patients in the same way, and that that somehow increases the quality of care. So that's just some of the interventions, uh, some of the mechanisms that we looked for, and we looked for evidence of those in terms of when we observed care, we did a lot of observation, 188 hours of observation on, in the case studies that we did. Um, we interviewed, as I said, lots of members of staff, um, practicing uh, obviously the, the clinical staff um, registered nurses and um, and healthcare assistants and um, some of the directors of nursing in terms of how intentional rounding influences the way that they work and, and their responsibilities um, 
and then we piece together what we've seen, what we've, all of this data to look at which of these mechanisms work and which ones maybe there's less evidence for. Um, should I go on and tell you? Well, yeah, the only question <laughs> I wanted to ask was about health students with this, because I, I was thinking if I was a student, that might be quite a positive thing, that there is some structure when I'm trying to make sense of this new world that I'm working. I, I don't know whether you... Yeah, we did. We did, we did talk to students as well. Um, and I think that um, for some, actually, it, it was helpful um, to give this structure. Um, and I think that certainly some staff thought it was helpful in terms of um, working with agency nurses and bank nurses. That that that, that might it, it was it was seen as helpful in in, in doing that. Um, I think some of our observations was that certainly um, we didn't see it delivered in a comprehensive, consistent way very often. Um, and that was a real challenge for the team. Uh, we, we sort of, um, I think when you set out to do a research project, you think you're going to, see, this was an intervention we were evaluating, we had thought that we might see it in a discreet way delivered, sort of somebody going to a patient and asking those questions and, and then moving on to another patient or doing some some other activities, but actually we didn't see it delivered in a discreet way. We, in the, um, Predominantly, we saw it delivered alongside other activities. We um, so actually, there were times when we were when we were observing care that we so we shadowed nurses to see how intentional rounding fitted with all the other activities that they do, and we also observed patients to see how intentional rounding fitted into their day. Um, and actually, there were times where we weren't sh- we were seeing a nurse and a patient working together and we didn't know whether that was intentional routing or not (laughs) they might be asking about pain but that was an isolated question so I think and I think we found that um, certainly some of the more senior nursing staff were encouraging nurses to to um, to deliver intentional rounding alongside other activities it wasn't delivered in a discreet way um, which of course when you think of one of our one of our mechanisms being that intentional rounding gives nurses allocated time to care mm. and we, we actually found no evidence for that at all mm. um, it, it didn't give nurses allocated time to care they, there was no additional resources there was no additional time so they were doing this alongside other things and they were being encouraged to do that that was the way so I think the um, the idea of this very systematic intervention coming that, that um, is delivered is said to be delivered in a systematic way in, in, in America. I don't know if it is delivered in that way. I would love to do some research there and just see how it, how it's how it's implemented there. Um, but actually in the UK it was not it was delivered much more flexibly. Um, and according to patients' needs, there's a very we we um, people talked to very in very strong terms about the need to to, to deliver care, care flexibly in terms of what individual patients needed and that's what people wanted to do that's what nurses talked about doing and the importance of doing it so there was a sort of slight tension really between this structured um, intervention that they would uh, intentional rounding with this documentation to, 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 to go alongside it uh, with this um, this wish to provide individualised patient care um, according to what patients needed. Um, so 
we found uh, we we definitely saw signs of signs of that. Um, of course, we talked to patients and their carers as well about intentional rounding. Um, very few patients knew that it was happening. Um, they really valued the relational aspects of care that they had with nurses and nursing staff. Um, that's what they really valued. They liked those conversations. They liked, um, you know, they liked the the light conversations as well as the the sort of health related information giving, sort of talking about their condition conversations as well. That um, that the social conversations were were also very important. They liked that made them feel cared for, and that's what they loved. That's what they wanted. But in terms of intention around it, when people were talking about, when patients and carers were talking about sort of the conversations that they had had, they were, it was, and, and in, in our observations, those conversations very rarely happened with intention rounding. Um, so, so what patients valued, we, we didn't see that as part of an intention rounding intervention, however difficult it was to see intention rounding actually in practice. Um, and that was a, a, a limitation, really, to the study in that we, we didn't really see it. But actually what we saw was how it was working on the ground, and that's mm. what we wanted. We wanted to see how this intervention, um, how does it support the delivery of nursing care? Um, it wasn't about how well are people doing it. It's about how well does this intervention support the delivery of fundamental care and, and the delivery of compassionate care. And that's what we were looking to find. So I suppose uh, we were moving into findings. I suppose we've touched a bit on that. What are the key messages, and where do we go from here? Mm. I think I think the thing to I mean, in terms of our findings, um, I've already sort of talked a little bit about yeah, it already. Yeah. But actually, in terms of the structured student group intentional rounding intervention, that was what trusts. A lot of trusts said they were doing, and certainly in our case studies, they there were policies around that's how it should be delivered. Um, the fidelity to that was was low. Um, you know, we we often we didn't see those questions, those 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 aspects, those four Ps. We didn't see them delivered in in a discrete, systemat- systematic way. Um, but we saw. And, and fre- but frequently it was documented. The document, the the, the intentional rounding document was completed, and I think the challenge is because we didn't see it. It's, and, and nurses carry so much information in their in their heads when they're working with patients. They 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 they're, they're they're collecting information. They're they're remembering things all the time. So um, it's very difficult to know. Um, when they're completing documentation, it's not that those activities haven't been done, it's just we haven't seen it discreetly done. And, and documentation, because nurses are interrupted so frequently, often documentation is done retrospectively. Um, and I think sometimes with, with the interruptions, that um, I think that is, is unavoidable. Um, and we certainly saw interruptions where people were in the middle of activities and stopping and going to do something else and then coming back to do things so um, and I think that's a challenge and certainly some of the nurses that we that we talked to that we interviewed found that difficult they found that nerve they, they didn't find it comfortable to, to be documenting after they've delivered care they, um, but actually sometimes there was no alternative um, I've sort of forgotten your question no I was thinking <laughs> I'm just sort of as, as we're um, wrapping up it's um, is there more research to be done is there um 
we're talking about key messages. Um, it's where, 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 we, where do we go from here? Oh, yeah. Um, so I was sort of rambling a bit. No, not at all, not at all. Um, I think, I think the, the really important thing to emphasise is of our eight mechanisms that we identified of why all the assumptions made about why intentional rounding should work, should, should um, have, an, have an outcome for or an impact on patient experience and patient care. We found evidence, partial evidence for two of those. Okay. Uh, Though we found very little evidence for six. Um, So actually, it just sort of highlights that we make assumptions about why interventions work, um, and those those assumptions may not, or or in this case, did not would did not work in the way that it was expected. So the two two mechanisms partially supported was the the idea that intention rounding increases the consistency and um, comprehensiveness of care. So it did for some people, particularly. I guess the more junior nurses, it did give a structure that helped help them remember different aspects of of, of care that, that need to be that they that needs to be delivered. So that was was thought to be helpful. The other one was a, the idea of accountability and this idea of signing. And it wasn't that the signing um, the in, the intentional rounding documentation um, made nurses feel more accountable. It didn't. They felt accountable anyway. Um, but what it did is it gave them it gave them reassurance of having evidence to say that they had delivered the care that they had delivered, um, and and there was this real sense of and people talked frequently about if it's not documented it's not done, and um, and so this was this was what was really this this was in some ways for nurses this is what was working this was the aspect of intentional rounding that worked for them was that it gave them evidence of. Of, of of delivering care um, and the, the the feeling that they needed to have that evidence um, was something that was quite disturbing actually well, and it's quite disturbing that as you and I both know um, just because it's not written down it's, yeah. it, mean it doesn't happen but that someone might not believe yeah, you exactly yeah. and for some of the intentional rounding documentation actually um, there was that feeling of but a lot of by the senior staff as well is that they, what does that tick in that box mean? Mm. And 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 actually, you know, for some of our observations, um, boxes were ticked when the care wasn't delivered, mm. and care was delivered when boxes weren't ticked. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but which, actually, which is probably nothing new. Nothing new. <laughs> uh, well, well, sorry, sorry. I'm criticising my own profession. <laughs> Maybe I'm reflecting on my own experience. I don't know. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> I think. I think actually. I think the the value of research because I can imagine someone might say, "Didn't we know this already?" Yeah. Yeah. And I think. Um, I think that's a really good point. Um, but actually, we just having done this research about intention rounding and all the assumptions in the literature about why this intervention might work and we saw so few of those assumptions i think we all make assumptions and i think it's really important to make explicit what it is what do we think an intervention will do and does that address what we want to achieve for patient care um actually some of the, the interviews with senior nursing staff and and all nursing staff people had greater ambitions and intentional rounding it was felt that this was driving driving care to a minimum standard and when actually people had ambitions to do much more and of course you know we know that there are um, issues around staffing there's good evidence you know there's a lot of evidence being generated around the importance of safe staffing and um, certainly here we um, 
when staff when we were doing when we were doing the case study work um, when um, wards were short staffed one of the first things that would not be done was intentional rounding and you think it's when you think about um, what it was a, meant to be a, uh, addressing in the Francis Inquiry report, this was like the safety net that ensured that nobody would be missed. Yet it was the first thing to, to stop, to, to not be done when when the ward was was um, was short of staff. So so when there was a um, a challenge to the team, it was they 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 focused their time on other things, not okay, intentional. But that's an incredibly ranking. important finding, isn't it? Yeah, it is incredibly important. But I think the important thing is the and, and slightly unexpected because that moves us from you know the printed word of what should be done to the experiential, the mm. the reality. Yeah. yeah, I think the other thing to say is that I mean, I mean, obviously, um, we did we with with the observations we did, and um, we were looking um, at. The patient experience, and on average, patients were seen um, approximately every twenty minutes by a member of the nursing team. Mm. And that would those aren't long inter- interactions, obviously, but they they would have um, there would have been a, a short exchange of words at least every twenty minutes, or at least certainly eye contact every tw- every twenty minutes. And with a, a member of um, registered nursing staff, that was every thirty eight minutes. Um, so patients were seen. Um, more frequently the hour or two hourly of intentional rounding um, so nurses are in the habit of regularly monitoring patients um, but I think the imp- what, what patients want and what nurses want to deliver is relational nursing care and our conclusion is that intentional rounding um, we're not saying that the important that it's not important to regularly check people. Of course, we're not saying that. But what we're saying is intentional rounding as the intervention implemented is, and that we've evaluated is is probably not the best way of doing that. And that we need to have. Um, I mean, where do you go from there? What do you recommend from this as as researchers? I mean, I could, you could say, um, stop it, <laughs> just just don't do intentional rounding anymore. Um, but actually, some of the senior nursing staff, were in, uh, when we were talking to them, they would feel very nervous. People were saying it would be a very brave person to stop doing this because of, you know, the um, the inspections and the expectations that, that people are under in terms of what happens if something goes wrong. No one wants to be the next mid-staffs. Um, yet, you know, where there are shortages of staff... Um, people feel that's a risk uh, it puts people's um, yeah makes people feel at risk um, does intentional rounding stop that um, the documentation does look like it is reassuring to people when they're feeling um, um, that, that, that having documented that I've seen somebody every hour it does make people feel safer so uh, yeah so so obviously we could stop it but actually what do you replace it with i think that's really important if this is if this is reassuring if this is giving nurses and senior nurses reassurance then we take it take that away and and um it leaves a void well how do you fill that void um so actually what i think well our recommendation was we need to have some 
national conversations about what it is that, that we are wanting to, to do in nursing. How do we want to deliver care? What interventions do we well, are going to help us deliver the sort of the care that we want to deliver and that patients want to receive? And, and, and those are important conversations within within nursing and nursing leadership to, to think about how do we address the findings of this research, although obviously this is one project, but actually, hopefully, I mean, we've, we've done the project hoping that it will be very supportive in terms of enabling those conversations um, about how best to deliver nursing care. Um, I hope I hope we've done that. Um, I think the other thing was in the intention around documents that we looked at within trusts, um, the, the four Ps, um, in terms of rounding um, uh, intervention from America in the UK, we added to it, so it was no longer the four Ps. It was the four Ps plus, you know, an IV line inspection, pressure sore inspection, um, catheter inspection. I mean, there was lots of additional things were added. So this intervention, as one, <laughs> I'm sure there was one in- interview where someone said, "If I did it properly, I wouldn't do nothing else all day," um, and that's really. Um, Uh, yeah that's quite challenging okay Professor Ruth Harris thank you very much thank you thank you very much thank you Richard and also to Ruth so Richard can you tell us what's the benefit of this research to nurses I think the key benefit, Flava, and this is true of this intentional rounding research and all good quality research, is that we don't just implement a nursing innovation or a technique or an approach and not evaluate it. And obviously research is one way of evaluating. I come from an era where we kind of did that, where we um, implemented things because we thought it would work. It seemed common sense. It was trial and error. And then we found out later through good evaluation, through good research, that it didn't have the impact we thought. So I think the key message here is that good quality research and evaluation works hand in hand with nursing practice so that we give the best possible evidence-based care uh, to our patients and uh, their families and carers. Okay, thanks, Richard. And you can read Ruth's research at rcni.com forward slash podcast, where you can get all the information on the resources connected to the various shows and catch up on the podcast series so far. So thank you very much for listening and do take care.